When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. What would you like to talk about first? Abortion? I was going <laughs> to say, they're going to they're gonna ban federal abortion. I thought that was interesting. We could talk about that. Sure. We've, we've discussed abortion on the podcast before. Leaked memo. By the time this comes out, who knows if it'll be official or done, but it's, it looks to be official. And not a constitutional law expert, but I do remember when I learned about the Roe v. Wade case a long time ago, I remember thinking, don't think... That's in the Constitution. <laughs> they, well, it's not because they, when they made the Constitution, there. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think it's in the Fourteenth so Amendment, or I, I feel like it was a pretty it broad privacy. interpretation. Yes, that's how they got it. They said a, a woman's body is her own. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a right to privacy, and that includes having an abortion. That's yes, how they got it done, which was simultaneously a very broad view of the word privacy and a very narrow. So, for instance, like it didn't it didn't eliminate the selective service, which is like. My body, I have a right to privacy, but I can still be drafted. Yeah, that trumps to, everything. Which is just like selective service trumps everything. Well, baby. just I'm just saying, like, are we, do I have the right to privacy or don't I? No, you can you can make me go to basic. You training. always have the right to serve in the army. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was simultaneously uh, an incredibly broad interpretation and yeah. then an incredibly narrow one because it's like, wait a second, if I have the right to privacy, there's probably a ton of other things that I can think of off, you know, with five or ten minutes time that. I am not allowed to do, but that that interpretation would seem to imply that I am allowed to do. Yeah, I think there. I think sometimes what happens in law is you have an outcome, and then you're trying to make it work within the system. Mm-hmm. So I think that that probably what they started with was that we're we're trying to figure out how to make this okay. Yeah, how do we make this okay? We're the Supreme Court. This came to us. We know what we want to do. We know what we think is right. Mm-hmm. How do we do that without going outside of our actual? band of power yeah this was i mean so i had a college class about this and it discussed basically legislating from the bench and this is one of the things that we talked about as well as the uh integration of schools which uh it's been a long time but like the legality of it uh was not totally clear and there was uh, a push for civil Mm -hmm. rights that came from like you know nine people on the supreme court that might not have passed in the arkansas legislature for for instance Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I, we can talk about abortion after this, but it is, we, the question that we've asked ourselves, like who gets to make these decisions? It actually doesn't make abortion illegal at all. What it does is it says that the constitution of the United States of America does not guarantee your right, right. to and have so, one and then if, each, if the people in your state vote each that state should to make be. their yeah. own legislation, which is interesting because I think if you had control of the Senate and the Congress and the president, couldn't you pass a federal law 
Because the Supreme yeah. Court did this from yeah, the yeah. bench. You said this it. Is, it's very well. If you get rid of Roe v. Wade, what defaults to it's state by state and the state makes their own laws for abortion. But that isn't to say that the federal government Senate, is yeah, not Congress. allowed to make a law about abortion. <laughs> there just Correct. isn't one. And so the states have to figure it out on their own. Correct. It seems, and I'm not an expert, that we have a broken legislature, which is we've got all these executive orders. Like The legislature is supposed to write the laws of the land, and they're supposed to be far more broad spanning than the ones protected by the Constitution. Yeah, well, I think the problem is that the, because these are elected officials— you are very aware that you're on the record. And so you know that if you vote for something that the people that voted you in dislike, then you're just going to get voted out. And so that's how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to represent your people. But what that results in is people are very partisan. And so if you have a Senate and a Congress and a president that aren't aligned, there's a lot of veto ability built into our government, specifically Mm -hmm. on purpose. But I saw I, there's been um, totally Democrat controlled um, presidencies and houses and senates at the same time. I don't know exactly, but I believe that the filibuster's probably gotten in the way before. There's there's a lot of ways to be uh, obstructive in mm-hmm. the legislature, and there's well, even in the Supreme Court justice instance, a justice died while Obama was president, and they yeah, just yeah, kept yeah, yeah. saying no, Ridiculous. stall this that. Like I mean, if you were following the spirit of the law. Obama would have picked that justice. Gorsuch, but that his name? letter of the law, they found a way to avoid that because mm-hmm. of how partisan our government is or has become. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a shame when a one-term president gets uh, three Supreme Court justices. Like, there is a little bit of randomness of deaths and retirements, but there was certainly one that should have gone to Obama. Well, this is the other thing I was actually thinking about with this. It is interesting because judges, I assume, if you care tremendously about your beliefs being on the bench after you're gone could purposely time their retirement a bit better. But it seems like the Supreme Court justice way of operating is just ride it out for as long as you possibly can. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to affect RBG's uh, legacy. Poorly. but It's going to affect it poorly. She could have left. And it it was was clear that she was very old, (laughs) you know, that a Republican could win, or maybe she didn't think so. No, I think it's pretty, even from people that are fans of hers, I think it's pretty populist understanding is that it was a a bit of hubris there Mm -hmm. to just keep saying I'm going to live and I'm the best judge for this. And even if I get replaced by someone with similar beliefs, they'll do worse. So it's, it's important that I keep doing this no matter how old I get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, it, so that's, that's, there's a legal thing. I've limited understanding of the legality. The philosophy thing we've talked about 87. Yeah. Not like it was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long she thought she was going to make it. Yeah. I just looked it up. So so the legal thing I don't know a ton about. The philosophy I think is more interesting. You, a lot of uh, slogans are being shouted out on both sides. And they're, as, as usual, they're ridiculous. You know, my body, my choice. It's just like that defends every single crime <laughs> that I could possibly consider. You know, eh, eh, it's my body. I'll choose <laughs> where I fling it around. And, of course, they would respond, well, you can't do that to someone else's body, to which I would say, that's exactly the philosophical no, that's question. The, yeah, the whole philosophical question abortion. is when does a fetus become its own body instead of your body? Is it the when the head breaches? Mm-hmm. You know, is it at a certain age and for the, the fetus? The inside outside thing is, 
I don't think people will like where that leads. You know what I mean? So let's say that you have a baby. Just to give you an example, it's due February 1st. And then you get a checkup. It goes, actually, oh, look, this one's taking a little bit longer. It's probably going to be the 7th. On the 2nd, you're like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. Still my body, my choice. I'd like you to dismember this 7-pound, 8-ounce baby inside of me. Like, is that okay, my body, my choice, or... I think some people are going to say yes. I actually don't think everyone's going to dislike then, that. Then that person has to be willing on February, oh, and he comes on the 4th. Are you willing, okay, is it no longer my body, my choice? It's the literal six-inch passage of the birth canal that well, confers I think, personhood? I think what happens on both sides of this argument is people start with, what do I want the yes. philosophical belief to be? And then they go, how do I get there? So I actually don't think anybody starting from a vacuum of let's actually think through this Mm -hmm. bottom up i think they go i need abortion to be illegal or i need abortion to be legal and then they magic all their beliefs around it Mm -hmm. yeah i i agree with you and i think that's why the slogans are so crappy i think it's it's like almost i guess every hot button issue just watching people completely talk past each other Mm -hmm. like my body my choice does not uh address the fundamental objection <laughs> to to abortion which is that this i for, for some people has a soul or counts as a person legally or like that's the question that needs to be addressed and i think my position on it is simply that it is not easy not clear tough to decide when trimesters are random fucking things like pregnancies actually take a bit more like 10 months so dividing it up into three it's you know i guess you could still do it but it's not a perfect three month or 14 week or whatever it does i mean it does also seem like all or nothing policy is probably not good but that's what Mm -hmm. people discuss if that makes sense so like well what if she's raped it's like let's just make that clause Mm -hmm. if that's you know i mean like are there areas we can ever agree and some people Mm -hmm. say no some people say i don't care how it came about you know and other times i've seen is like well what if it's a pregnancy that puts the wife at extreme risk like it the pregnancy is not in the right place i think it's mm-hmm. called like an ectopic, ectopic. pregnancy and it's like I, well, can we at least agree on this mm-hmm. like can we you know what i mean I, I wish there was more of a working together to figure out what is best for the world instead yeah. of a hard line but worse like religious belief that can't be you can't even make extenuating circumstances. You know what's it. interesting? Instead of using those edge cases to uh, start with common ground, those edge cases are often used to That's divide people they're as far to, as they can. To punch well, the other what side. about in the case exactly. of race? Instead of like, yo, let's just let's just. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Can we take one of these and the, can we just and, start with the easiest yeah. stuff? Like, if yes. it's going to be guaranteed, the mom and baby are going to die. How about a day before it's due? <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, saying. like, can't we just, can't we can't we come to some sort of legislative agreement yeah. that starts with the most extreme, mm-hmm. not as a weapon to show how crazy the other side's absolute philosophy is, but instead just like, okay, if we let this go without surgery, everyone dies. Baby mom, we all know this. So that one, definitely obviously clear. Okay. It's the day that it's meant to be due. How about the day of conception? You know what I mean? How about plan B? That's like how do we like, feel about I'm, this? I'm, like, I'm it's sad. I was going to say I'm disappointed or surprised, but I don't even know if that's accurate. I'm not mm-hmm. surprised. It's just sad that that's not how we have the conversation by going, let's just go until we find one that we really do fundamentally disagree with. Instead, it's kind of people act like discussing with each other, especially because most people aren't legislators or judges. They act like even discussing socially is the, if you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile type thing. Mm-hmm. So they'll just dig their heels in and refuse to cede anything, even if they're being insane in the process. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, not being insane because that that's that is a value judgment. Just like not agreeing with what they agree with. They 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 might actually agree. They might want to cede ground that they know they can't for the sake of their perfect logical argument, which is uh, they say life. And again, life starts conception. It's like it's not about life. It was never about life. If I scratch my head, I kill a bunch of cells. Nobody cares. Like. It's never been about life. It's about personhood. Mm. And that's the question is when does this thing's personhood, and I think it's about weighing personhoods because obviously this baby or this fetus or whatever you want to call it uh, is exacting in, in a lot of, a pretty significant toll <laughs> on, on its mother who may or may not be thrilled with that. Um, yeah, so it's a much more complicated issue than I see on social media. The mm. slogans are stupid on both sides. Uh, and yeah, I don't have clear i don't know that i have a strong clear take on the morality of it do yeah. you well the thing the thing that i was thinking of not in terms of morality but just in terms of like what is the actual impact of this is so you don't have to get an abortion if you live in a state that allows abortions right so i'm going to assume if you're conservative living in a liberal state that's going to allow abortion it's actually not going to really impact your life maybe mm -hmm. it'll impact how you feel about your neighbors and then if you live in a conservative con uh, state, you can travel. It's actually not illegal to just leave your state to get a medical procedure elsewhere. So the people this really affects are people who would want to get abortions, don't have the money to travel, and live in conservative states. Mm -hmm. Which is just kind of sucks, I guess. <laughs> Basically, yeah. it's like, let's pass a law that really only hurts the poor. Oh, if I were if I were a judge, I uh, I would not undo this. To be clear, like I, I'd like maybe it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but I don't want this legislating from the bench. Like I, I do think that there was some value to the status quo, especially given how uh, sticky of a philosophical question this is. Yeah, apparently, and again, you go why no, nothing's ever been leaked from the Supreme Court before. Mm -hmm. It's always been when the Supreme Court announces yeah. the official uh, opinion. Why is this happening? They're not going to change their mind because of public opinion, but people are hypothesizing it's it's because midterms are coming up. Yeah. And so someone leaked this who is in favor of Roe v. Wade and is, you know, liberal so that we could get more elected officials to be Democrats. So maybe we can legislate this. Maybe it'll galvanize the base, yeah. Legit, legitimately, basically. Mm -hmm. Because I think most people know elections are won in the U.S. not based on a changing opinion, but based on who cares enough to show up. Mm -hmm. So they leak this in the hopes that people care enough to go vote to get people who will legislate this not from the bench but from the legislation yeah and just and just to be clear if i had to come up with the stance i would uh you know if i were god of the united states of america i'd probably uh, legally i don't know I, I won't even say god of the united states of america i'll say morally i would allow for abortions within the first trimester but also i would acknowledge the sloppiness of that thinking you know what i mean mm -hmm. and the uh the imperfection of it but yeah that would probably be my my moral stance the one thing i thought was interesting i don't know if you saw this yet is amazon came out and said they'll pay up to four grand in travel expenses for non-life-threatening medical treatments like abortions mm -hmm. so they already basically said if you if you live in some state amazon that, says that yeah <laughs> they do not want to pay maternity leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually Amazon think, is not known for their uh, for their worker love. I think that they are. Uh, don't they regularly pay above minimum wage? 
Yes, but they're they're union busting, like they're they're pretty hardcore. I I, I think that's to get you back to work faster. <laughs> Maybe they're not the only company that's doing sure. it. I actually think that there are sometimes we've talked about this. Companies act in their best interest unless they have a religious level belief in something, and then they do not. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that in the past. How companies will do things that don't make sense if you're a pure capitalist. And I think some people who run companies do feel extremely strongly about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that? Not on that. Cool. None of that. What else we have? Oh, this was, a th- I just saw this. Elon posted a meme with the left and the right. Did you see that? No, I don't follow Elon on anything. Yeah. He, uh, I follow or someone who followed. It came on YouTube basically. Uh, Cause I don't use Twitter. And so it was a picture of like the middle left and the right in whatever 2008 and then the middle the right was still and then the left had gone crazy in 2022 and then on reddit it was that but it said fixed it for you and the left had stayed still but the right had gone crazy and in both cases how uh asinine (laughs) that that argument was because one uh what is right Correct, I mean. What is morally uh, the right thing is independent of where people have moved. This obsession with whether someone is right, left, or center. Mm-hmm. You know, enlight- the, the term enlightened centrist has an insult, like as if that matters. Um, yeah, what, what is morally right you would think would be independent of uh, a changing tide. But also, it seems to me pretty clear uh, that if I step back and look at it, that there's um, a lot of polarization which is to say that, like, people feel, at least on the extremes, maybe it's just social media broadcasting it farther away. And to say that your side has stayed still, but the other side hasn't, seems goofy to me when they both raised good things. Like, you know, there was uh, a January 6th, like, people showed up to not hand over an election after after a loss. And there were also uh, riots <laughs> that were just defended as necessary uh, on the other side. So those are oversimplifications of both of those scenarios, but I thought that it was interesting that just the way in which people fight is not philosophical at mm-hmm. all. It's just so sloppy <laughs> and uh, so so team sportsy, so... Yeah, notice this on a YouTuber I, I sent you that used to do a bunch of spiritual vegan parodies, yeah. and now everything they do just absolutely shits on liberals. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because... I want to ask the guy, do you not see anything that you could make similar content on on the other side? Because I actually don't mind satire, but it's just interesting that every single video mm. will be about one side. Do you not think that there's equal absurdity to be laughed at coming from the other side? Or any absurdity. You know what I mean? That No, that, I know you're talking, that's the definition of audience capture. Yeah. And, and I think it works because I think it's internalized audience capture. Like there are some people that are cynically, um, pandering to their audience but i think most people who who do that uh are have to convince themselves no first. i agree i think i think this person's been pulled deeply yes. into a very it's funny because we go from an enlightened a position of enlightenment to yeah very deeply deep in the politics and polarized and you know eating up the news and mm-hmm. i think that's unfortunately what happens when you make political content is that you have to dive so deep into that world that you almost lose your own beliefs when you go to what your party believes or what your audience wants to hear well i think that the cool meta thing is that anything 
that a human believes will relate to their survival becomes like an anchor mm-hmm. of rich around which everything must move. So when, and survival can be like, my identity is this, but it's especially when my finances come from this, yeah. y- your brain is going to do you the solid of like, don't worry, man. I believe all of this. <laughs> sorry, that, sorry, what I was saying is that's why I think it is probably best for your mental health to not hop into that world at all and tie your finances to deeply approving of one political party at all times and, and shitting on one political party at all times because yeah. you're basically making it impossible to see things clearly because now your money is tied to always agreeing with these people who you might not always agree with. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, don't do everything you can to not tie your survival or just because you're going to, you're going to need to depend on some things for survival. Uh, be, be very careful what you decide to tie your survival mm-hmm. to. And uh, especially skeptical of, of your ability to see the truth in that. And then the like spiritual side of that is uh, your identity survival. So it's like, who do I think that I have to be? Who do I think that I am? Those are the things that I will uh, defend like my life depended upon them, even though they don't, which then, surprises people because you know they just defend uh, reputations that they have or things like yeah, that yeah, you raise an interesting point it's something i've been trying <laughs> to be aware of is where do you get defensive mm. that is a good trigger point to look internal for yes because that is a thing that you need and any that you need to maintain which and you know maybe you ought to maintain but anything you need to maintain is going to be very tough to evaluate yeah uh, or you just think is very like i'm making this video about potentially about sh- uh, charisma for people who are shorter than average mm-hmm. and some people you watch get very defensive about their height and others do not and yeah. obviously that means that certain people think their height says something about them or means something about them or means something about their future ability to procreate that others don't yeah and then I kind of reflect on in my own just, it's, it's something I'm just being aware of it's like if you could tag in your mind every time you got defensive it'd be a very useful personal and, ju- and just at exercise. the end of your day just like open up your uh spam folder <laughs> and just take well, a look at go, like oh interesting and you know what? yeah just try not to be defensive in the moment but you don't have to do anything in the yeah. moment you don't have to fix yourself but then just reflecting and going you know that person asked me about my job girlfriend yeah. body sexual got experience five of the same thing in the last three days yeah <laughs> i sure reacted strongly almost yeah. instantly i didn't give myself enough time to process that strong reaction i had it instantly I wonder why. And then sometimes maybe your defensiveness is good, but I think often it's it's insightful to where you're... Tri- when you're triggered, that is different than being... than not liking something. Mm-hmm. So I think it, being aware of what triggers you and trying to figure out what's the root of this, what's actually happening, I think is one of the best things you can do if you want to be happy yes. and live a fulfilled life. I agree. I think it's very hard uh, because as soon as you realize that habit of oh i'm going to become aware of the things that triggered me the part of your brain that does that is then going to go well i'm going to play down how much these things trigger me mm-hmm. as best i fucking can in that moment in that situation everywhere uh yeah the ego is a it's always one step ahead of you it's always <laughs> you know what i mean every time you think you've caught it it's yeah, yeah. it's um the catch was a trick <laughs> yeah know? well and the other thing i'm trying to figure is like just recognizing mentally that you're choosing to get defensive over this. You don't have to. There's nothing to hmm. defend, if that makes sense. So like you have bad skid, you have acne, someone's teasing you and it really, really triggers you. It's like you don't have to hate this about yourself. 
it's, this isn't something that means you're a bad person or ugly or unworthy of love. It just means you have pimples. Mm-hmm. But then if you are, if it freaks you out like it did when I was a kid, then you're putting something onto this. You know what I mean? And that's, you can continue to do that, but it's just worth recognizing. I had girlfriends while I had pimples. It wasn't mm-hmm. the death knell that I reacted to it emotionally. Interesting. I do think, yeah, I think that that stuff, similar to what we've talked about, that people ask us a question on Patreon and we'll be like, well, look, there's a top level of change, which is like cognitive behavioral therapy. You just tell yourself that this isn't the case a bunch of times and mm-hmm. you get it. I do think that there's things that are, that you're not going to be able to notice that you're making a choice about and that it is effectively not a choice. Does that make sense? Oh, sorry. I think it's an, like if I accuse you. I think you, it's an unthinking reaction I don't think it's a conscious choice, but I guess I'm saying it's an yes. optional reaction. Yes, and I think sometimes it's very hard to see. So, for instance, like if I accused you or anyone of, um, let's say, heinous things of which you did, and maybe they're like reflecting on your past that you were like a really crappy sibling or really, you know what I mean? Or sure, really, sure, a like, bad or, dad or something. Or a bad dad or mm-hmm. like you you like that, that would be uh, – like almost impossible to see and not effectively. And, and the choice to like, oh, I'm putting meaning on this is like, oh, I don't know how to not put meaning on this versus acne is like, I could imagine a world where I wasn't upset about my looks. It's it character seems to be who we are. Like we mm-hmm. all kind of get that we're not our skin, yeah, yeah. but we do believe that we are our past and our, and our character. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the only way around that is, so, well, I guess there's two things. It's either you get defensive because you are trying to fight that you weren't a bad father in the past mm-hmm. or you just get angry or super depressed that you were, you acknowledge you were. And I, th- I think the only way around that is just to go that you, whatever circumstances led you there, led you there. And now you're here today. Yes, yes. And you can, you don't have to defend that past person in order to acknowledge it was suboptimal, you wish you'd done differently, but you can't, and so you just do the best you can going forward. And, and implied in what you're saying is that you're recognizing that the past is not you. All of it comes from going, that's not me, that's not me, and that's like the ultimate spiritual thing is like, I'm none of the things I'm done, I'm none without of this. Excusing I am some, I think that's the oh, thing yeah, yeah, without, without being like, it was it. good. It's just going, it's just going I, I, I don't unfortunately have the ability to travel back in time. Mm-hmm. So all I can do is move forward from today, recognizing what led to that, whether it was my own abuse or recklessness mm-hmm. or drug habit or... Uh, whatever it was and try to move forward in a way that I'll be more proud of as I age. Yep. Very cool. And then I only think I have one more thing, which is totally tangential. Do you know who bad baby is? Cash me outside. Cash me outside. Okay. Yeah. We've now extended my, (laughs) my knowledge of her bad. I think it's a B H A D. You'll have to look. (laughs) Okay. Um, Dr. Phil made her famous. She apparently, I think recently turned 19 and released a pay stub from OnlyFans that is, uh, for $50 million in her first year. Yes. So she made $50 million from OnlyFans from 18 (sighs) to 19. So I just wanted to, if you were to put, I'm sure she has a team and some stuff, but if you were to guess the profit margin of that, that's pretty pretty fat. freaking fat. $48 million, So if you million. were to value that as a business, it would be in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, easily. No question. Okay, so I'm just saying, think of the other $100 million, like Alex Hormozzi out there, like, you know, he's fucking doing it, he's scheming it. Yeah, you own, you own 100 real estate properties and you have a giant investment yeah. portfolio. <laughs> okay, this girl, um, <clears throat> and this is, this is, I think, you know, an eye-opener about society is the value that, you could say men, I think in this case, 
place on uh, 18-year-old boobs. By the way, I don't even think she did full nude. Like, I think it was suggestive, probably. Uh, is wild. And you can point to 100 other examples on OnlyFans of, of uh, maybe not numbers that are that insane, but are close to as insane. Um, I know that Corinna Kopf, when I'd she started, had know, a huge day. I'd love to know who gives on OnlyFans. Is that is that 50 million people giving a dollar? Is that a couple people giving a ton of money? Because we have a huge rhetoric in the U.S. that I think is true, where people really feel cash-strapped. They feel like life's unfair, mm-hmm. and they can't afford their bills, and they can't afford their rent. And I wonder, like, is someone simultaneously feeling extremely stressed about money and, like, life's unfair and giving 50 bucks a month, $600 a year to Who are these Bad people? Baby? Is, yeah. that, is that her name? Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, she's like, got that, the, she has a name, but is that? Well, I was gonna say big baby. I was like, I think that's a basketball. Player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that what's happening? Is it only people with six figures or more giving on OnlyFans? I suspect if you saw people's expenditures, you would be wildly flabbergasted at how bad people are managing their money. Yeah. Which doesn't mean we shouldn't raise minimum wage and give health care, and that we should take care of people, and our system is broken, and there's too much money at the top. But also, I do think if you dug into people how they spend their money, you go. We can do better at an individual level as well. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah. somehow, fifty million dollars made its way to this one person on OnlyFans. Yeah. Well, there's and there's there's other there's a lot of implications here, and this is something people don't like to look at. But like, what if for some loophole, OnlyFans allowed you to post on your seventeenth birthday? How much money would she have made then? The answer is about fifty million dollars. Yeah. What if it was her sixteenth birthday? How much money would she have made then? And you can you can run this game back. Uh, we have this. She's been famous for like. Four years, right? So she got, I didn't realize that she blew up when she was like 15. 13, she did. Well, she got, she was Cash Me Outside when she was 13. Got it. And then she like released a song. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's clearly this uh, legal line that is drawn at age 18 that is for adult men's attraction to women. And it is, is not reflective of at least $50 million worth of what people are willing to spend. For yeah. that kind you also of get those weird online parties when people turn 18. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I forget what they were growing up. I think it was Britney Spears. Like people Whatever. know and yeah, calendarize. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. No, this person's 18. Well, this it's clearly like, well, what happened. That means that you've been attracted to the first day was her biggest day. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, in, and uh, I don't think that we've really stepped back because this is a huge triggering thing. I've been like, yo, what's going on with human attraction? And how do we address the fact that a lot of men that I think belong in the normal category, because if, if you call them abnormal, you're just taking fucking huge chunks of America and going, this isn't real, and neither was all of the marriages that occurred prior to fucking 1900, which mm-hmm. were all the 13-year-olds. We've talked about this before, though, which is there you have you want to draw the line somewhere because you it's kind of like the abortion thing we just talked about. Romeo's 17, Juliet's 13, my guy. It's like the most famous love be, story. That would be legal in... <laughs> Pennsylvania, where we grew up. Yeah. There's a, you got a four-year age but difference. if he grew up a year, all of a sudden it's... No, now you can't. 18, 13? Yeah, no, yeah. No. and it's like, I feel... So there's... Number one is like, we got to have a more uh, mature discussion about what is happening here. Well, I think the way... But I think what happens is you draw the line. You go, okay, well, how do we feel about a 50-year-old dating an eight-year-old? We don't mm-hmm. like it. So yeah, we yeah. need a law. Yeah, yeah. So let's start there. We need a law that says, sorry, even if this is what you're into, and even if the eight-year-old quote-unquote mm-hmm. consents, they can't yeah. because they're eight. So now where do we put the line? Mm-hmm. And that's the law we have. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily that everybody thinks it's philosophically perfect. I, I see a lot of uh, virtue signaling around these 
things online, I guess. And maybe this is just my own weird corner of the internet, but um, yeah, around most people would kind of agree. We just need, we, we agree that we want some law around this. Mm -hmm. There is no magical difference between being 17 years, 364 days old and 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't think anyone would fight you on that. And we just go, so it seemed kind of arbitrary. And then everyone goes, yeah, you go, but we need a law and it's going to be arbitrary. And they go, yeah. "Yeah." Then we go, okay, cool. Here's our arbitrary law. Yeah. And there's value to the arbitrary law, obviously, but also part of the cost of the arbitrary law is that we treat these 18 year olds as adults. And it's like, I'll tell you, looking back at how fucking naive, stupid, unprepared for consequences, like the worst decision of uh, my adult life was made right before I turned 18 when I took out loans to go to college. Mm. Horrible decision, you know, but I was, uh, I was an adult, you know, and so I think that that line is, it does a disservice on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, um, now, now you're ready to undergo a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt but a few days ago you were dude i almost joined the military not (laughs) super close but i was like hey maybe i'll go join the cia did i know anyone who had served overseas no do i know anyone who had seen combat seen a friend die killed someone sure didn't i saw movies Mm -hmm. they were gonna let me sign up for the military with no idea what i was getting into having never spoken to someone who had done it because it had hit my birthday yeah well so i I didn't even know I, i wrote some notes down but i guess just this I mean, we're trying to grow a business. We're working hard. We're trying to create value in people's lives. I've gotten emails that said I was going to commit suicide and I didn't. And I can't scratch bad babies. No, no, we're bad, much less valuable like, than bad babies. We baby. are so much less valuable to the world yeah. than bad baby Apparently. and every bad baby spinoff and every, you know what I mean? And like, and you take the top, to whatever. Some people, some people value us more than they value bad baby. Oh, yeah, but far more on average. Yeah, I'm just saying there, value are, bad baby. You know, there are people out there who and I, prefer and us I, to bad baby. There's just less of them. And I think that where people choose to spend their money is not a perfect, but a strong uh, signal of what is... It's what they value. Of what we want more of in society and what we value and where there's supply-demand mismatch and like... I, yeah, I don't think that they realize it's them saying what they want more of, but I think it's, very, I think it's fair to say where people spend their money is what they value. With with a few, yeah, I, I actually think, I'll, I'll, I'll hold with you on that one. I think I, I get frustrated with people when they say, that's what I spend my money on, but I really value my family. It's like, yeah. No, no, and, I, and here's the exceptions. I'd say money and time. Yes, Because yes. I surf a lot. I have a $99 surfboard. Yes. There's no extra cost besides gas. Yes. So I'd say, what? It's a, but it's still a good indicator. So let's put it this way. If you don't spend money on it, it doesn't mean you don't value it. Mm-hmm. But if you spend money on it, yes. it means you value it. So Bad Baby has $50 million worth of people putting value on her pictures, mm-hmm. clearly people value it. Well, Now, <clears throat> if there's something you do for free, maybe you value it just as much or more. But yeah, I think money's a good indicator of what people value. Yeah, and I, I did the OnlyFans video, which is, uh, it's not just the- I don't the, know why I thought you were going to say I did the OnlyFans thing. <laughs> no, like, no, wait, no. what? <laughs> so hold on. Circle back. I tried to make my I did the OnlyFans thing. And Yo, I couldn't not, earn it that much. They wouldn't have it. I bet you'd do very well. I don't think I would. I really don't think I would. Not- I, I think you'd be surprised. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and the, vid- the video, it's what I learned is that there's this fake girlfriend experience that mm-hmm. is kind of had, and there's a lot of uh, speaking in the second person. Well, you know what's funny is most people don't write their own messages anymore on OnlyFans. There's oh, of course, OnlyFans there's no content way. producers yeah, yeah, that yeah. show they do the pictures, mm-hmm. and then there's 
other people that when you send the message, their phone blows up. They're not the person that you're looking at the photo of and they write you back. There's this whole system of, it's kind of like a VA, but you, but they're pretending to be the the woman that you're messaging. Yeah. And I think, I mean, uh, so it's, it's funny because you said the point is to feel like you have a relationship with the person and you don't ever actually even hear back from the person that you're forming an emotional relationship with in your own head. Yes. And I, and I think that OnlyFans in particular, because there are so many opportunities to see naked women on the internet, is uh, that's the unique place where you can pretend that there is a relationship. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Because that you. was the initial question I had. Was like, why would people donate anything on OnlyFans when they can mm-hmm. just go to Pornhub and see everything they could possibly want for free or Google Images? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what prompted your video. Is it, it really doesn't make sense until you think about clearly this is doing something besides giving them photos or videos to look at. And so I'm not going to extend this to all of the porn industry, but I I think with OnlyFans, like you can say that that 50 million is a a confused attempt at a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, and connection. Desire for connection. Yeah, yeah. And and certainly, you know, some of it might, could you say, you know what? That's a guy trying to see a picture of, but there's so many pictures of boobs on the internet. Like that's, uh, there's something about that particular person or I don't know. Ooh, those people are not convinced that if they give the $50 million to us, they'll get a bad baby of their own. Yeah. We need to remarket Chrisma University. <laughs> As Yeah. Well, and then I see, you know, a lot of the things that sell connection in the new age, I just thought of this, I hadn't written it, but um, I know these people that are joining these retreats and going to these things where they like hug each other for three days and then mm-hmm. say that they're brothers and sisters for life. Oh, I've been to a bunch of them. The yeah. hollowest connections you'll ever make. Are at some of these spiritual events. Everyone looks yeah. at, oh my God, Brothers for Life. Yeah, where you cry and, and you, you talk about don't. your your past and you, you know, t- get on a couple Zoom calls and talk. But yeah, these um, people are afraid to admit that they would pay for connection, but they will. You know mm. what I mean? They would like, it, yeah. like nobody's willing to like, very few people are willing to like buy a cuddle or buy a friend or buy that. But they will go to these events and these things to feel. Yeah. Um, I think what they're afraid to feel is the deep desire that they actually have for like a friend and love and a connection. And so they can sort of meet that need while blinding themselves to that need by getting, you know, this is a self-improvement seminar. I actually think some people know they have the need and just feel hopeless. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people even are, you know, think I used to think of charisma as as the same as height. You're just born with it. I think a lot of people still do. I think a lot of people, they don't have friends. They know they don't have friends. They don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They know they would like one, but they just feel hopeless. And so I don't think it's even that they're blind to it. It's just that they go, I have no idea how to mm-hmm. do this. So at least if I pay for this OnlyFans, someone will respond, hey, how's your day? How, how? You know what I mean? They're getting what they wish they could get, but just don't because they don't have the friend or the significant other that they can text and say, hey, beautiful, how's your day? Yeah, this, they're getting the surface level of what they wish they could get. Yeah, getting, but I don't think they're blind to it. I think yeah. if you're like, hey, would you rather? They go, yeah, of course. But I don't have somebody mm-hmm. and I feel hopeless in my ability to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I will say with regard to those spiritual events, at least the person that I'm thinking of who like attends these and goes, I don't think would be as self-aware of the like i'm dying to have a community and mm. a close friend mm. and uh i'm a sucker for Pro- anybody if you're thinking the same person that. i'm thinking of, they probably even think that they do have close oh no they they do uh, no no they're so, and they're so easily tricked in that regard yeah. like like the instagram posts that as a result this magical healing weekend it's like god you need a friend for f- for an extended period of time so bad mm-hmm. and don't know what one even looks like so you can't even decipher from the shysters at mm-hmm. these at these things who are 
Yeah, you, you have nothing to compare it to, right? You wouldn't know what a real friend yeah. looks like or how sad, a real man. friend... Yeah, it's, it's fucking sad. Um, and was nice, and I feel like... Uh, I've been... You've gone once or twice and had somebody say those things. You're like, oh, damn, that's weird. But, like, very quickly, we're... Got it. Oh, he's not my friend. Well, no, one was funny. It was a guy I, I hit it off really nicely, yeah. and I had admired him previously online. I, yeah. I was younger and less successful in business. He was more successful at the time. We did some charisma coaching, and I, at the time, I was doing Tony Robbins-esque coaching. He thought it was very powerful. He cried at the, during the session, and at the end, he hugs me. and goes, dude, we're going to be brothers for life. I can sense it. I was like, great. I actually believed it. I was like, sick. We're going to be friends. And then the, the subsequent level of effort and connection and hanging out and whatever, I was like, oh. You just say things mm -hmm. and you have no tie to, you know what I mean? It's like, I thought it in the moment, but then just quickly was like, oh yeah, you're not a real friend because real friends <laughs> actually see each other well, and hang out and we're not doing that. And, so. and but here's the thing, as I've, as I've gotten older, like, I wonder if that guy knows the difference. I, I like, I, I think at no, that he's time, had, I, he's had oh, he doesn't, big, he doesn't have any close friends. Like he has had, because I did actually funny enough become friends with a friend of his. He's had falling outs with everybody, unfortunately. Yes. He's not good at maintaining. I think he makes a great first impression. Mm -hmm. He has a lot going for him externally that draws people in, but he can't, he's not good at maintaining significant others or friends. Yeah. And so people, uh, his thing is he pushes people, he's afraid to get rejected. So he's a big, he pushes everybody away. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of repressed anger. The, uh, yeah. And I did this, this is my sociopath video like the fucking Jim Jones and the Charles Manson, the brothers and the sisters and the army, we're all brothers here. You know, people fucking want unbreakable ties. Mm -hmm. They want family. They want... That's why the military is bro, so good it's at... Why, it's what frats building do. Building loyalty. Brothers. Like, it's why they, they get you to do ridiculous shit. These are your brothers. These are your... It's like... These are not my fucking brothers. Yeah, yeah. These are my drinking buddies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't actually them, know what a real... Uh, my fraternities was... Legend was very light. So we actually yeah, yeah. never had that. Yeah. Like no one bought that, mm -hmm. but it would be interesting to talk to someone who did. Like how do, do you have siblings? Did you feel as close to your fraternity brothers as your siblings? Like, did that rhetoric mean anything to you? I, well, I know it does in the military, obviously. Yeah. It's life or death. They are very good at it. Fraternities, I don't, I don't, I guess it depends on the It fraternity. evolved for a reason. The word brotherhood is not a mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, that, that evolved and people gravitate towards that and they want it and they, uh, yeah. They do whatever they can. To. Well, I think speaking of wanting connection, I think a lot of people join fraternities because they're looking for uh, yeah, connections with the opposite for sex, a sisterhood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think some fraternities are brotherhoods and some fraternities are <laughs> yes. They're looking for a stepsister. That's fucked up. Um, all right. So, what do you got? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Yeah, this is a random one. We talked offline a lot about interest rates and the Fed and printing money. I don't know if you saw this. 
I'll just read it. The Federal Reserve is poised this week to accelerate its most drastic step in three decades to attack inflation by making it costlier to borrow. So if your car or mortgage or whatever, all the interest rates are going to go up. And I think that was interesting because it's like, yeah, duh. That's what did you think was going to happen when we printed a bunch of money? There was going to be inflation. So what I thought was going to happen, yeah, is that I shouldn't be buying all of these assets that are crashing right now. Everybody in my life told me I had to. <laughs> so I'm in the red. Yeah. Well, no, no, the thing I guess I, I'm excited what, for that. I what want I the think is interesting is like the Fed acted, and I don't, I don't, I guess I don't think they are, but they're acting reactionary. Like they're, they're like, oh yeah, the inflation rate's just crazy, so we have to do this. And it's like you made the inflation rate crazy. Like mm -hmm. I feel like it's like someone punched me in the face and then it's handing me ice. And it's like you should ice this because your nose is bleeding. It's like I know my nose is bleeding. You punched me in the face. There was a. Uh, take this with a huge grain of salt. Bill Maher, I saw a section on uh, the the stimulus spending and mm -hmm. how it was spent. And like 25% of the PPP at minimum was like misspent or went to people that it didn't need. And again, these are fucking headlines that he's showing me a piece of text for three seconds and moving on. But the point of the segment, which I was very open and receptive to, given my own anecdotal experiences of seeing the people who applied, seeing how they spent it, uh, seeing people that I knew in Vegas just decide not to go back to work. Has like, anyone done a study yet on where the Trump bucks went? You know how there was like two grand sent out? Well, so what this said is that a lot of it, and this again my, matches my anecdotal experience, this isn't the Trump bucks, but um, that a lot of it went to business owners, which is like the PPP goes to business owners to pay them back and actually didn't wind up in the hands of a lot of the workers. A lot of the unemployment went to the workers. Well, yeah, because there was also, <laughs> there was record-setting unemployment and everybody yeah. got a free check. Yes. And I'm curious... Did that go to rent and utilities? Because uh, Samsung offered a TV for the exact same price <laughs> as the Trump box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so where, even one step down the line, where did it wind up? I am curious of all the money printed that was printed because of COVID. Yeah. And the justification was people can't work and they need food, utilities, and rent. Yeah, yeah. How much of the money went to food, utilities, and rent? Well, or in the case of business owners, to paying workers. Yeah. Because that's what allegedly the money was for. But I think a lot of people bought TVs and Bitcoin. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it went to where it was purported to be going. Yeah. And I don't know what happened there, but he makes like one of the a company that Tom Brady's associated with made a lot of money and he craps the joke, you know, you know, Tom Brady even had to go back to work. To <laughs> <laughs> um, but the idea being that like for the people that can and again you don't want to penalize them too much but like if you have savings that was when it was for you know well, what i mean it this, was we, for we had this discussion ethically someone hit us up and said hey you qualify our account yeah, hit yeah. us up hey you qualify for this money that's going around you can get free government money and we actually sat down because sometimes you never have a thought until it's offered to you mm -hmm. you know like we had to sit down and go what happens when a married woman offers to sleep with you yeah, we had yeah, to yeah, sit yeah. down and talk <laughs> about the ethics of it and it's yeah. like it's bad what happens if the government offers you covid money and we had to sit down and be like, this is bad for us to take it because we don't need it because we have the cash to pay employees. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's certainly not a conversation we had ever had prior is what do we do if the government offers us free money for nothing? And what was hard about it, not it was an easy decision, but what was frustrating is like nobody else is, or not nobody, many people are not having these conversations. They are trying to maximize their benefit of this handout. And I do think that probably the smarter wily or wealthier people were, were able to maximize more than the poorest but i saw advantage being oh, taken yeah, for sure we could across have, a socioeconomic we could have taken the money and then just tried to apply for forgiveness because you didn't mm -hmm. have to pay the loan back if you hit certain things certain criteria you know 
I mean, you could have taken the free loan and then invested it because it was a, it was a non-interest loan. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, you, there's a lot that you could have done with it that was technically to your own personal advantage. But I like what I wanted, which I can't make happen, is yo the people that can stomach this, stomach it. Mm-hmm. The people that can't, well, let's talk to you about why you can't. Is this because like yo life is fucking hard and like you've been a, you've been a productive member of society, but you've not been able to crew a lot? Fine, like. Okay, you've just dicked around and <laughs> like you're over leveraged. You're over leveraged, and all you've made a bunch of horrible decisions. Yo, sell some of that fucking TV shit, and mm-hmm. you—that's your savings. Your savings is in your seventy-two inch TV, like yeah, yeah. that you that you shouldn't have. Um, People are really bad at following the golden rule. I think is the biggest issue. Like that's why infidelity occurs. That's why people steal money or mismanage money or people. It's the most obvious rule when you're a kid in terms of how to live in the world, and it's. No one does it. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I feel like, well, the subtle difference. I feel like we go more Kantian Rawlsian, but I understand what you're saying, which is like, what would happen if everybody in my position behaved like this? What kind of world would we live yeah, in? Yeah, that's a good, like, would you, would you, yeah. golden rule, like, would you want everybody to try to maximize their own wealth, mm-hmm. agnostic to how it impacts other people, knowing there's a finite pool of money that's meant to help people in need? Mm-hmm. No, if you were to treat everybody equally, you would want the money to go to people in need because it's meant to go to people in need. And the subtle thing that I added on the end is not just people in need because like we do want to distinguish between like why are people in need? How do they sure. arrive in need? Like sure. we don't want to incentivize. This is one of the frustrations. I was talking, here's an interesting chat that I had with my dad yesterday. Um, we were talking about, so my sister is pregnant and she's going to get a fat fucking, you know, it's like the right time to be pregnant and an accountant because like all of the... Uh, social changes that have come with women's rights means that for years she was getting special treatment from like partners being like, is there anything that we can do? Like, how do we keep you on? We need to make sure because they are doing their best to close what they call the wage gap between men and women. And predictably at 30 years old, my sister got pregnant and is going to stop working and is going to step away and is going to have, you know, full maternity leave and all these wonderful things. Um, and I was talking to my dad about that, how we should deal with that as a society. My short answer is it should come at a federal level, not at a company level, because that disadvantages companies that hire women and introduces this incentive for them to not hire women. Whereas if we value mothers taking care of kids collectively, that should be something that is collectively shared and not anyways. Um, but then he started talking to me about the value of being a mother and how it's not recognized and we need to pay for it. And I, Here's what I said. <laughs> this kind of came to me on the fly, but I'm curious what you think. Um, we have a supply-demand issue with mothers, which is to say the supply is up here as a society, and the demand is down here. Or or the demand is right here. The yeah, demand, why do you think that the demand is lower? You're right. The demand is at the supply, Yeah. which is to say that the additional um, money that we as a society need to give to mothers in order to get them to have babies— zero yeah that's the more accurate. yes it's 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 at sorry it's at the same level yeah and the value that mothers capture is not in dollars from society it is in their own satisfaction at getting to be a mom which is not shared equally by the rest of society so they are in fact appropriately paid at no money from unless society. they don't want to be moms but then they don't have to be yes moms. and then my dad said well what about you know he gave me a bunch of other examples of uh teachers and this and that so i said okay well the number of teachers you have at zero dollars or accountants you have at zero dollars is zero. Nobody does those things <laughs> if oh, you yeah. don't pay them. So you have to pay them this much in order to get as many as we need. Now, that doesn't mean I still think that um, 
the subtle difference is that we don't necessarily need our own mothers. What we might need are kids that are raised with a parent that loves them. Yeah, that's what I was home. just going to say. That's what we need. We don't actually need more moms. We need more well-adjusted children. Yeah. And I actually think it's an important distinction in the argument, um, which is to say that you could have dad at home, you could have mom at home, you could have uh, collective programs that make for better children. You could do all sorts of things, but we don't need to, I think close this male-female wage gap if moms want to be the ones that do the staying-at-home child-rearing. Well, there's two... Sorry, I think you're kind of combining two things. One is maternity leave, which Mm -hmm. is a woman that wants to go take care of the baby in the early stages when it's important for development, I think, according to what little I've looked into on the topic, but then desires to go back and have a career, Mm -hmm. which is different than someone who wants to be a stay-at-home mother. And mm-hmm. I think you're kind of talking about them each. I'm mixing a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, because yeah. I, I, I think those are, because mat- what maternity leave is supposed to be, I think in part, is you were living off of your salary. Let's say that you can't, let's say that your husband doesn't make money. He's an artist, right? So you are, you are supporting your husband and now your kid off your accountant's salary. Mm-hmm. You ha- have to have this baby because even if the dad would opt to, we haven't figured out how to give him the womb so you can't work during this. So we're going yeah, to yeah. give you maternity leave so that you can keep supporting yourself, your husband, and your new baby. Mm-hmm. At which point you come back, I think ideally according to like the philosophy, at the same level you would have been when you stepped away six months ago, let's say, because people do work while they're pregnant. Yep. Let's say you step away after three months of pregnancy. So you're, you're not hurt in terms of promotions. And now you're back in the corporate world while your husband stays home and raises the kid. That's what maternity leave is Mm-hmm. It sounds like what you and dad were discussing were was potentially a government-based UBI for moms or something. But maternity leave is just meant to bridge the gap while you have the baby. And then probably in the early months, when you're, you, as a mom, we really want you to be there with the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want you to pass off the baby to a robot to yeah. take care of the kid. Well, and then we uh, we were conflating a lot of things because my dad and I were. Just- I th- but I think that you're pretty on board with, right? Like that I want their maternity I, leave seems pretty solid to I me. I think there should be a federally funded from taxes maternity thing for months because I think that it is valuable to society. Got it. You're just saying that for those, let's say, nine months that she's not working, now, the government pays her <laughs> wage exactly the same level that her accounting job would have been. And then she comes back to work. I haven't and the thought about how much it over. should be. That's an interesting thing. I don't know how much it should be. That's an interesting question that I hadn't considered. Is should it be a flat rate? Should it well be because a, she does have her her home, which is based on her, her earnings. Let's assume yeah, again yeah, her yeah. husband doesn't work. Yeah. So if you just give, if you just say, well, here's minimum wage, she is going to default on her mortgage. Interesting, because now that's and maybe this is why they do it because now it is a rich person's. Uh, it is a tax that affects the rich affects more the than the rich poor. Yes. More than the poor. But if you don't do it that way, any rich woman who doesn't didn't hunt for an equally wealthy man and instead pick someone they loved because they weren't looking for a career in that person mm-hmm. will default on their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's an interesting, um, I have to think through this and I'm not going to be able to get through all of it live right now. Sure. These, that's just what I'm thinking of. Cause especially like, let's say you bought the house six years ago, you're on a, you're on a 30 year mortgage, but it's not like you bought the house and then got pregnant. You weren't irresponsible in any way. Mm-hmm. I think we want that person to be able to continue to live in their home. So it could be government funded relative to your job, which I but think- now you're, But just because here's, so here's now to, you are- Yes, but like also to be fair- about, you're helping it, the highest paid people. Yeah, but you're paying the most as the highest paid. You know what I mean? You're putting mm-hmm. a ton into that thing. And actually what we're getting out of you is 
we're not paying you. We're paying your kid. Honestly, like it's, it's not to make your life better, mom. It's to make mm-hmm. societies in 18 years better when this kid comes out and isn't a criminal and isn't unloved. Can and I reframe something a little bit? Mm-hmm. The, when the, the, when the company pays the maternity leave, it's almost like the other people at that high paying job are paying taxes. Yes. So instead of having the country pay for the high paying taxes, you're saying all the other accountants who make a lot of money Mm -hmm. or good money, I'm not going to, but like they all make good money, just like your sister in this scenario. Mm -hmm. They all actually make slightly less than they would if there was no maternity leave. Because if there's no maternity leave, they would all have that cash distributed to them. Correct. So it's almost like you treat the company as a community. And they are paying the tax. Yeah, I, I think if I actually think it should be governmental because I think the people who benefit are not the accountants. It is society at large. And I think society needs to own the things that it wants to create. And what it wants to create is a better country and better citizens in 18 years. I think that that should be a, a burden that is shouldered by everyone should pay into that pot. Now, poorer can pay less. And over the course of your life, just to be clear, if you're an accountant, you're going to pay more relative in taxes than you are going to take out in maternity leave Mm -hmm. unless you make a profession out of being pregnant and never at your job. But like that will be um, a small, a small window in which you are withdrawing more from the pot than you are putting in at that point in time. I don't know. I'd have to think about more. Do I want the tax? Because it is a tax basically. Do I want it to come from coworkers or from the nation at large? I I think it it creates, it it creates a a perverse incentive when it's, when it's within a single organization, which is like, it is officially not in your best interest to like, let's say you hired a hundred percent women. You know what I mean? Because they were the best candidates. Well, guess what? Now you shut down when, you know, for an extended period of time, if they all should, when, whenever they have their baby and it's I not I think you happen. got some solid diversification in terms of age, baby time, age and baby time, but you're, they're but, all going to get pregnant. The okay. Same let's say that instead of, if it were a uh, men only firm, you know, that firm and they're the same quality, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to just be able to serve as clients. Well, and this is why money. people are saying force every company to hire 50, 50, and then every company will equally bear the maternity burden. I think just pay it as a country and don't because that now you know how I feel about forced hiring. Well, sure. I'm just telling you, this is literally the thought process around forced Mm -hmm. hiring. Yes. I uh, do not want it done that way. I think, I think we should pay as a collective, as a country or as a state. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the thing that, that the thing that people won't like about that is that you are now there. I don't think there are many programs at a personal level where the biggest beneficiaries are the people who make the most money. Now, ironically, as we just talked about, there are actually a ton of programs where the wealthy make money because they make it through businesses and the government subsidizes their businesses. Mm -hmm. So the government does regularly send money to rich people. Mm -hmm. But I think optically that would be the biggest pushback on that is that people would feel it was unfair for a program to send less money to someone based on the fact that they already made less money. Well, then maybe it can just be a high fixed rate you know what I mean? Maybe it's just like, yo, here's, I don't know, five or $6,000 a month for a period of time. Like that's a pretty high. Well, you're, I mean, you're literally saying you can't have a baby if you make 300 grand a year, have bought a house based on that income, unless no, you have no. a husband who makes. Saying you have to save. <laughs> you just need to like, again, America, mm-hmm. you need to not be able to work for six months sure. and receive. You're mandating third. that though. You're basically saying you, if you are a female who's partner doesn't make a lot of money. I'm not, well, I'm not mandating. The world, have, the world is mandating that if you want to sit down on your ass, you have to have put something well, the, away. Well, the world's like, not, just because the world's 
not mandating that at all. That's your problem. Yes. But the world isn't mandating that. No one is mandating that. No one's lobbying for that. So a very small <laughs> number of people have a problem with it currently, which you might not think is fair, but the world is not telling people that. Sorry. Yes. The idea that if you want to not work today, you need to have saved yesterday mm-hmm. is a, a like that is how things work. Sure, that's what we have to do if we want to stop working. Yes. Or you can, you know, take, borrow, steal, share from someone else mm-hmm. is the other. Well, and the point of the point of maternity leave is the thought process that it's a flat rate. I like a flat unfair rate. Unfair that a woman would have to buy a smaller house than her male counterpart because when the male counterpart wants to have kids, they don't have to take nine months off. And the female does. So let's say they both have no, a stay-at-home partner. A, no, but if a gay male couple wants to have a kid, mm-hmm. it needs the same amount of attention, and in fact, probably more because they don't have breasts, to, to care for it. So I'm not sure that that's true, that, that women have to give more to children than men do. Like, if, if a gay couple wants to adopt a child yeah. and have a child, from the Sorry, day that it's I, born... I don't know how I'm, I've not had someone pregnant, but my impression for the whole point of maternity leave is that you can't work through till the day you give birth. Now, yeah, maybe you're saying that's not true. Maybe you're no, saying no, no, just no, show no, up to the, work. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some, I've heard some like hardcore crazy women that like go up right up but that's, to the button. But that is the point yeah. of maternity leave. It's not that, it's not necessarily for the after. It's also it's, for the, it's much more for the after is my understanding. But it's also for the before. There is some before. It yeah. is much more after. I think people go up to like eight-ish and sometimes more if they're high corporate people. And it's much more for the after is my understanding. Could be wrong. That's my yeah, I mean that would have so that would that would impact this because then you're basically saying the dad could take over for most of the maternity leave portion of maternity leave. He can't breastfeed. <laughs> That's the big thing that he can't do. And kids, um, biologically, it seems like that mom connection is primary. Got in those first. So then he cannot. So then we circle back to what you're saying is well, but gay men have to find a way, and they do formula, or they do something, or they, you know, mm-hmm. and that kid might be, you know, would be would like a breast instead. But but do you adopt day one? I don't know that you adopt day one. I think you do straight out of the womb. Yeah, I think you set that. Oh, you definitely can. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not a lot of these women are like, I want to give my baby up after six months of breastfeeding it. They're like, no, no, I have decided that this is not going to be my child and it is going to be yours. And they're in the fucking, if they're lucky, they're in the I'd be curious about that because I actually, from my understanding, my friend who wants to adopt, it's extremely hard to adopt a one-day-old. I, yes, I don't know a ton about it, but that's it's They're not a lot. Let's put it that way. There's more people that want to adopt kids than there are one-year-olds to be adopted. One-day-olds, yeah. Or one day old, sorry. One day well, old. we don't know a lot about this, so we'll move on. Anything that you wanted to chat about? Uh, I think I had something other than the Fed. Oh, it's just funny. There's this new sports media trend. Have you seen this? People found, they found satirical companies and overtly named them something like Ballsack Sports or Buttcrack Sports. And then they post completely made up stories or completely fabricated quotes because they're satires. So they're allowed to. So they'll say, James Harden left the Nets because Kyrie beat him 11-0 and one-on-one and then made fun of his man boobs. James left crying Mm. and quit the team shortly thereafter then legit news sites like espn pick it up pick it up and run it and Stephen a smith goes on tv and says has he really yes for something like this yeah literally they call it getting ball sacked because the 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 best at this is ball sack sports they'll go and say you know story the story is that james harden wasn't happy after Kyrie 
beat him in every day in one-on-one and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this came from a source that if you cared to pay attention for three seconds to read the name of who tweeted it, you would see it was a hilarious satirical, well, not hilarious, but a clearly satirical media. But they do not even do that level of diligence before they run with their story. And that's, that is why people made ball sack sports and butt crack sports is yeah. to show you that the news is so in, disinterested in the quality of their diligence, basically. And so it's just happening in sports particularly, and it's, it's hilarious to me. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that, that is, I think, an accurate representation of their incentive structure, which is, oh, the report says, like, this is a great fucking, whatever mm-hmm. follows from that is going to be good for me to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other thing is it creates real life beef because other players <laughs> respond. <laughs> just even so they'll say, so they'll say, you know, Boss Act Sports says, uh, Draymond Green, this is a real one. Draymond Green says that Steph Curry could never get shut down like Trey Young just got shut down. And the idea that he's the next Steph Curry is a joke. And then Trey Young takes a shot at the real Draymond Green and says, Draymond Green's a punk. He could never be the first. He's overrated. And then the real Draymond Green's like, I didn't say that. That's but you did say sports. that. <laughs> but you did say all that real shit. So now we do have a beef. Yeah. So it's very fascinating how much kind of real world impact I'm going to say in terms of causing beefs, getting on ESPN where a bunch of people who I'm sure aren't deep in sports just take ESPN as the CNN or Fox News of sports. Uh, they, it's just hilarious how deep they can get their story to go even though they are obviously and purposefully making it clear that it's not real. Because yeah. you could do this but call yourself ESPM. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, it's not really on, it's not everyone's fault that they got tricked, but they're purposefully making it obvious if you just spend three seconds looking at it. Yeah, imagine if someone tried to fool these Well, that's, these and so that's, yeah. what, that's their point. It's like, we're doing this in sports, but this is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's, their, that's the reason that they exist. It's like, this is happening everywhere, and you all have such strong opinions about what you see on Twitter and Facebook and even the news, mm-hmm. and the news is just regurgitating what they see on Twitter and Facebook, and we're clearly satirical, mm-hmm. and no one's picking it up because no one's doing their diligence. And I just think it's really interesting that they've been so, you wouldn't think they'd be so successful. You wouldn't think that, hey, we're going to call ourselves ball sack sports. You go, no one's going to believe this. Mm-hmm. It works constantly. Wow. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. A good insight into how reliable our news sources are. Good for them. It's a good business model. Anything else you have? Nope. Justin, what do we got? Sweet. We got one question. So when I was a kid, I was always very attached to my mother. She wasn't the most affectionate towards me, and I wonder if that's affecting me now. I tend to get super attached to a lot of women I talk to even before we put a label on the relationship and I get devastated whenever it doesn't work out. I feel like my attachment is more intense than what normal guys would experience and I tend to become infatuated quickly. Whenever I start dating someone new, my mind usually starts planning for the far future with this person. What can I do to stop this from happening? Ooh. Yes, it is because of that. <laughs> Sounds like cl- pretty classic anxious uh, attachment type. Um, what can you do? I feel like it, I, my answer to these is uh, you can attack it from a number of different angles. Mm-hmm. The top of which is your, like, your thoughts, and that's very cognitive behavioral therapy. We've recommended feel, Feeling Good in the Past, which is a book with a lot of cognitive behavioral exercises that you can use to try to uh, untangle like the leaps that you're making logically. Like, oh, if this, doesn't per- if this person doesn't like me, my life is over and that'll yep. help you to do that. I think a, there's another top level because you're going to get to eventually the, the deep rooted yeah. stuff. But I think there's another top level thing, which is to focus on yourself, not so much in what Charlie's going to talk about the deep rooted child trauma way, but in the, I'm going to try to be my best self 
get myself more charismatic, more attractive, have options. Yeah, that's probably the top, top level. Because I think it will be, I think part of what can cause this is also scarcity. Mm -hmm. It's not a ton of women are throwing themselves at me. And so when someone does like me, I really latch on to, oh, I have to make this work. And for me to make this work, I have to be obsessed with this person and put them on a pedestal. So another high level solution would be to just say, no, I'm not going to have any exclusive relationships for a year. I'm going to focus on myself. I'm going to get fit, become charismatic, work on my career, become more attractive, have a ton of options, date around casually. And that will naturally make you less obsessive for the most part, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes, you will change your obsession from being about that to being about getting better or being able to get multiple people or whatever, but it'll, uh, it'll spread it around and you'll create a material level of abundance in your life, which is like one girl said no, but I actually, there's another girl that I like and I know that she would be interested in dating me. Or so I think it, this woman's yeah. great, but I also think these other two women are great and, they're, and I'm dating them all. So I don't have quite the level of, uh, I'm planning our marriage after a week. Sure. So that's top. Then second is probably CBT. And then third is uh, inner work and trauma, therapy, psychedelics, breath work, kind of stuff that we've talked about a lot in the past. And you can, you do all of them at the same time. Um, I think in life, it's normal to start at the top, exhaust the value of each level, and then work your way down. So Depends what you're interested in, though. I mean, yeah. if one of these jumps to you, if, the, if you're like, yeah, what I really feel like doing is going into deep therapy, mm-hmm. you can do that. You don't have to start at the top. Yeah. Just for most people, the top's the more appealing one because they get to work on themselves and win a bunch and <laughs> improve and date a bunch of people. And so that's the one that, that calls to them. But yeah, whichever one excites you. Moving on to Patreon. 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 Here we go, guys. If you want to join, any dollar amount gets you access. We're going to be answering all your questions. What do we have today? Uh, we're going to be talking about how to measure a will to live. Um, <laughs> uh, overcoming, That's got to be abortion-related, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> overcoming a girlfriend that's cheated in the past and then Ooh. differentiating between anxiety versus the normal ups and downs of life. All right. Well, it's that plus a lot more. So keeps us going. Keeps money in Justin's pocket. You get access to this every single podcast day. There's quite more than that. So. Yeah, how many questions are we trying to answer today? Today, I think we got like 18, so it's a little longer than normal. Damn. Oh, all, all right, right let's so go on. It's going to be a solid chunk of time. three of those. Yeah. We got 15 more so mystery if you, questions. If you want to see, hop on over to Patreon. We appreciate you. Keep how do they going. hop onto Patreon? I've had people link say, I love your podcast. in the YouTube. Sorry. Yeah, it's, card's going to pop up. There's a link in the description the below link in the or patreon.com slash charisma on command. That's a good one. Patreon.com slash charisma on command. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you over there. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.